Hello, and welcome to That Faith Life podcast. This podcast is dedicated to encouraging, equipping, and discipling believers as we navigate life together in a world that desperately needs to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Travis, and I want to say thank you for joining me on this journey in That Faith Life. All right, and welcome to uh, episode three of That Faith Life podcast. Hey, listen, I'm excited, man, just been overwhelmed by the um, encouragement and, uh, man, just uh, when I started this podcast, I really didn't think many people would listen. Uh, I started it as sort of an outlet for me to talk about things and discuss things, um, but there's been some really good feedback from people. I've had people, you know, tell me some um, things they wanted wanted me to talk about and address um, and whatnot. So here I am, episode three. This is called The Christian's World View. And let me just go ahead and explain something. I'm going to lay some cards out on the table. Uh, In the next few weeks, I want to walk through um, a couple of different things uh, pertaining to faith and and life and and what the Christian and his response or her response should be when it comes to various matters um, pertaining to life such as politics, abortion, same-sex marriage, uh, and things that we deal with every single day um, and and whatnot. So so yeah, so so coming up in the next few weeks I want to plan uh, and, and hopefully there's a couple people I want to ask onto the podcast as well, uh, but I want to plan to to talk about the Christian in politics. I think that's going to be a really, really good one um, from the very beginning. You know, I, I'm not very political, but in that same sense, I, I do think that it's important for us as believers to understand how we view politics in light of Scripture, in light of our faith. Uh, and so before we get into all of that, I really want to talk about something that is um, really sort of a guideline, uh, very um, a baseline understanding of why and how we view politics in light of our faith, in light of uh, Scripture, and it comes from having a Christian worldview, specifically a biblical worldview. So I want to take a few moments here and talk about what exactly a worldview is. So, a worldview is a conceptual scheme or an intellectual framework by which a person organizes and interprets experience. And that's a really big definition. It's basically a set of beliefs, values, and and, um, and that you have concerning life's most fundamental issues. Uh, It's sort of like a tinted glass uh, it, it has colors, and those colors um, interpret the way you see things. And the truth is, everyone has a world view. Um, the way we were raised affects our worldview. The way uh, our political alliance ref- it affects the worldview. Uh, all of those things really play a, a crucial part in 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 everyone's life. And so, for the believer, uh, there's this thing called a biblical world. View and basically, it's for the believer. Uh, it's how you look, see, you rationalize, you interpret the world around you, and it's through the lens of Scripture. Um, and so, understanding that 
as a Christian, uh, as a follower of Christ, we are to have a biblical worldview in all matters of life and everything from politics um, to uh, stances in society such as abortion and same-sex marriage and and all of these things, taxes, all, everything in life in general, we're to have a biblical world view on. Um, and so before we even can ever get into the subject as the Christian in politics, we have to understand that we're coming at the issue of politics from a biblical worldview, not um, you know because of the way we like because of the things that we like or, you know, who we like or what party we're affiliated with. Uh, first and foremost, we are kingdom. We are, excuse me, we are uh, citizens of the kingdom of God. Yes, we're Americans, but before Amer- being American, we are, we're, we're believers. We're, we're, we belong to a kingdom that uh, will never fade and will never, never end. Uh, as sad as I, I say, as sad as I have to say this, America will one day cease to be America. Um, that's just a fact. Whether it's through various circumstances or um, when the Lord Jesus Himself comes back, all nations that you see will eventually cease and fade in culmination to the one nation, the nation of God, the people of God. We don't have that fulfillment yet. So we are, so to speak, uh, dual citizens in a sense, right? Our citizenship is in heaven while we await our Savior, but we are citizens in uh, here in America, in this great country that we live in. So when I talk about politics, I talk about America, like, please understand, like, I love America. I love this country. I love um, the democracy that we live in. Uh, compared to the country, um, countries around us and everything, man, we are so blessed. And I know for me, there are times I take that for granted for sure. Uh, but nonetheless, I am grateful to be an American. Um, so don't don't think that when I'm saying things like, oh, our citizenship is in heaven, that doesn't mean that we don't have a responsibility um, here and now. Uh, we do. And in fact, Christians should... Um, take that responsibility uh, and and use it for the greater good. And we see that all throughout history. Um, we see Christians stepping in and and taking care of people and and you know doing their part um, and helping wherever they are. Uh, and so today, uh, really quick, just want to talk about um, sort of a different worldview that comes into play, and it's it's sort of the opposite of a biblical worldview. It is the opposite of a biblical worldview, and it's the worldview that we face right now in America, right? And it's basically called relativism. If you don't know what that word relativism means, it basically, you could break it down, it's, it's, uh, it's relative. Everything is relative. And there's this term called moral relativism, and it's the view that says right and wrong is a matter of personal or cult- cultural preference. So basically, it's this concept that there's no such thing as absolute truth. One can, and, and you know, these people, they claim that you know, there's no such thing as absolute truth. You can't come to uh, uh, an understanding of what tr- truth is. And, and it's really kind of funny because that argument 
It doesn't have any legs to stand on. When they say that there's no such thing as absolute truth, that is an absolute statement. So by stating an absolute statement, saying that there's no such thing as truth, in essence, they're basically making the claim that what they're saying is not even true. Uh, so there's really, there, when, logically, when you think about this argument, I've always thought about this, and it just doesn't make sense. How could they say there's no, how could they make a truth claim that there's no such thing as truth? It totally contradicts itself. No, there is such thing as truth, regardless of the way you view it and the way I view it. And it's so to, so to speak like this. Let's say we're walking, um, we're walking in, in, in the garden. I don't know. We're walking somewhere and we come upon a plant and I say, man, that plant is really green. And you come along and say, no, I think that plant is blue. Uh, you say, well, who's right? What is truth? What is true? Uh, and clearly the color green is on the plant. The plant is green. But the other person says, oh, well, I think it's blue. So I'm going to say it's blue because that truth, you know, that's, that's true for me. Um, and that's kind of a funny way of saying that, but that's how things are being approached in moral relativism, that there's really no such thing as absolute truth. It's really kind of your personal preference. Uh, and that's just a slippery slope when you think about things in the long run. You think about different cultures, uh, and, and really it, this has to do with cultural preference. Um, philosophers and um Socialist, uh, not socialists like the party socialists, but um, sociology professors and, and whatnot, they say, oh, well, you know, this culture has a set of truths and it's true for them. Uh, there's no such thing as transcending uh, truth, uh, which is which doesn't make sense. Let's say you find a, a um, I don't know, a, a group, um, a village in the middle of nowhere in Africa who, you know, they've never seen civilization and they get discovered and they're cannibalism. They're, they're cannibalists. Like they eat people, right? I'm pretty sure that 90%, I would say 95, maybe even in higher, hopefully higher of the mass would say that that's not right. Right. But when you apply the truths, when you apply the, uh, the view of moral relativism, it comes in and says, oh, well, that's true for them. They can eat people all I want. Just don't go there, right? It just doesn't make sense. No, there is truth that transcends culture. It transcends your personal belief and all of that. Uh, and so as a biblical worldview, man, we believe that there is truth. There is such thing as truth, namely that there is a God. There is a creator, and he has called men uh, to repentance. He's called men to himself, and that one day there will be um, uh, a judgment and that we'll have to stand before him and give an account. But we also believe that God has made a way. There is truth that Jesus Christ has come in the form of man to save man from sin, from judgment, from destruction. And belief and faith in his name will bring forgiveness and you will be in the presence of God forever. Like We hold, hold that to be true. Now, that's, of course, the gospel. That's what we hold to and we affirm. But there's also, um, in this view, there's so many different things like uh, when it comes to society and the culture, this moral relativism, and it's seeping into politics. It's even seeping into the church. Now, there, I don't know if you've heard about this or not, um, but the, uh, what is it, the church, uh, 
the Methodist Church just had a huge split over whether uh, or not uh, homosexuals can be in the pastorate, right? And so they've long ago did they break away from the traditional view that the pastorate pastoral pastor was uh, a man. Uh, and that's a different topic. I'm not really you know going to that, but uh, they they just split the church. Like the con- the whole denomination just split over this argument, you know, um, can homosexual men and women be pastors? And 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 what is that from? That's a direct result of moral relativism. This idea that oh well, it's true for them, so therefore we have to accept that truth. There's no such thing as absolute truth. Now, you can apply this this uh, this view and and you could see it all over our culture you could see it with abortion people say you know w- women say oh it's my body it's my it's my it's my it's my but when you think about truth well what's true well the truth is people aren't concerned with the truth they're concerned with agendas they're concerned with a personal view they're concerned with uh, what's right for them what benefits them and so that leaves us as believers to hold even firmer to a biblical world view. And so, when we talk about biblical worldview, um, that's it's how we look, we see the world, and we interpret it through the lens of Scripture. And we interpret everything in life through the lens of Scripture. We interpret war, we interpret you know, um, politics, and everything is through the lens of the Scripture. So, how can we as believers have a biblical worldview. And so I want to encourage you here with three points, and these are points that I've came up with. Uh, I'm sure there's more, and I'm sure there's greater points out there, but three points that I think would help you, believer, um, with a biblical worldview. Number one is to know Scripture. You cannot see through the lens of Scripture without knowing Scripture, right? You can't understand and view and interpret things that you see and things that happen in life through a lens of Scripture if we don't know Scripture. So one, we need to be committed to knowing Scripture. Number two, we need to rightly interpret Scripture. This is a huge thing because it's one thing to know Scripture and know some Scripture, but it's another thing to rightly understand Scripture uh, in light of the context that we find ourselves in. And I'll just share one verse in, in, in how this kind of gets construed out of context and, and doesn't really get rightly interpreted, is this. It's in Philippians, and you know the verse. It says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Now, I love this verse. There's so much power behind it. Paul writes this verse, and he's actually in prison. He's writing to the church at Philippi, and he's encouraging them, um, saying, look, I've I have everything I need. Like they're writing, they wrote a letter to Paul and they're, they're concerned about him and they're sending gifts and they're sending all these things to him to uh, encourage him and make sure he's okay. And Paul writes back, not rebuking them, but in a sense, he's like, look, God's got me. I, I, I'm, I could do all things through him who gives me strength. Now, if you look at that passage and you look at that verse um, in light of, kind of the thought process that Paul's writing, man, you back up and you see that Paul actually says, look, I know what it means to be hungry. I know what it means to be in need. I know what it means to, to, he basically describes this life of suffering. And then he says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Meaning he's saying, I can endure. I can get through everything that life throws at me, not because of my own strength, but because of Christ's strength who lives in me. And so in context, that's, that's 
that's rightly interpreting the scripture. Now, you look at that scripture in our world today, and you see it all over the place. People use it as a means to justify what they want to do. Now, I'm not knocking you know, athletes and, and whatnot, but that's mainly where you see it. I love Steph Curry. I love that he's um, a believer, and I hope that he has a biblical worldview and whatnot. He's a great guy from what I've heard and seen on TV and whatnot. Uh, but he, he uses that verse all the time. You know, and and I feel like, in a sense, I've seen students, even at the high school level, take that verse and use it as a, a means of, oh, I can, you know, I can do all these great things. And yes, you can, but when you look at that passage in Scripture, Paul's really talking about this idea of of rejoicing and and um, and conquering through suffering because of your strength in Christ. Um, so that's number two. Number three, seek out other biblically minded people's advice and understanding. Now I'm going to be very honest. I am not an expert in many things. No, if, if anything, I'm an expert in messing up. I have a PhD in failure. Uh, time and time again, I've blown it. I've done stupid things. I've said stupid things. Um, so uh, if you ever mess up, do something stupid, I can probably help you out because I've done that multiple times. Uh, but with that being said, there are so many people out there who have, man, just an incredible comprehension of um, a biblical worldview when it comes to all aspects of life. Uh, I love a guy by the name of Russell Moore. He, um, when it comes to politics, man, he is super smart. He has a a complete understanding biblical worldview and approach to politics. So it, there's, but I, I say that seek out other biblical minded people, people's advice and understanding to help you with a biblical worldview, meaning seek out other people's uh, understanding, their views, people that you might respect. You look at other pastors and you look at even theologians and people um, who, man, are, are famous for. Uh, being used by God, um, like James Dobson, and you know the family, uh, family life. I think it was called, and uh, our focus on the family. All of those things really can help you develop a more clear biblical world view. So, as a believer, as a Christian, we are called to have a biblical worldview, and we are called to see things through that lens, the lens of Scripture. We're to see things like politics. We're to see things um, like major um, confrontational things such as abortion and same-sex marriage and uh, euthanization. All of these issues we are to see through the lens of Scripture. So before uh, we ever get into talking about points of politics and, and the, those things, we need to understand that we are looking at these things through a biblical world view. So hey, listen, thank you for tuning in. Um, I, I hope you're encouraged and I, I encourage you to look out for the next few episodes on the podcast. When we talk about the Christian and politics, we talk about the Christian and abortion. Uh, we talk about all of these things uh, in light of and you know, through a biblical worldview. So hey, um, do me a favor, like this podcast, share it if you were encouraged and let me know your feedback. Thank you. Have a good day.
Well, hello, and thank you for listening to That Faith Life Podcast. Just want to say thank you for listening, and please be sure to rate and follow this podcast. Also, be sure to like and follow our accounts on Facebook and Instagram. And until next time, may God be big in your life.